This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. Come on in. It's the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hi, everyone. Welcome into the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Daniel Salerson here in Studio B. Hope this Tuesday finds you well. I'm filling in for Sean Kelly, who has the day off. But the Pelicans coming off a tough loss last night to the Rockets at the soup, at the Smoothie King Center. 112 to 111. What a game. What a weird game, I would say. It was uh, the Rockets got off to a good start. Trevor Reza hitting every three in demand. He shot eight of them, or shot 11 of them, made eight of them, scored 31 points. Rockets now 12-1 and when he hits five or more three-pointers. They open up the third on an 18-0 run, look bleak for the Pelicans, but they respond. Anthony Davis misses the second half with a concussion after getting an inadvertent elbow to the head by Tyreek Evans on a rebound. It was just a crazy game. Unfortunately, the Pelicans fall to the Rockets again, 112 to 111. James Harden, 35 points, 10 of 10 from the foul line. Well, 11 rebounds, excuse me, for Houston. They shoot 48% from the field. What killed the Pelicans, though, were the Rockets shot 19 or made 19 three-pointers on 39 attempts, and the Pelicans could not get anything going on the free throw line. They went to the free throw line 25 times, but only made 14 of them. Tyreek Evans and Norris Cole combined 0 of 5 from the charity stripe, so not good for the Pelicans there. And couldn't capitalize on the turnovers. Houston turned the ball over 17 times, 17 points off those turnovers, but wasn't enough as, again, the Pelicans fell by one. Drew Holiday, a nice night, a season-high 32 points, nine assists, six rebounds on 13 of 21 shooting. Ryan Anderson, 22 points. Tony Douglas with 18. He's averaging 16 points per game in his last two, six of eight shooting, three of four from downtown. And uh, so the bench coming up big, scoring 79 of the team's 111 points. And Norris Cole, the only starter in double figures with 10 points. Tyreek Evans just played played just 16 minutes, five points for him. And after the game, he uh, said his right knee was bothering him before the game. So that's why Alvin Gentry sat him out. And uh, AD again left with a concussion, failed the concussion protocol after the game. And that's why he did not return. Nine points, six rebounds for him in 18 minutes. And so the Pelicans really couldn't... Uh, come back after that but they do shoot 46 percent they made 13 threes but again the free throws you miss 11 free throws in a one-point game and it will cost you as the points in the paint belong to the pelicans 48 to 35 second chance points 15 13 but what the rockets do best is transition points and they had 25 of them tonight compared to the pelicans who just had 18 we'll talk to jim i from pelicans.com about last night's game plus the remaining Three games on the homestand. Pelicans now 3-1 and one on this homestand. They still sit four games back of the Kings for the playoff spots. There was good news and bad news from last night. Of course, the loss was the bad news. The good news is all three three teams that were in front of the Pelicans all lost last night. Utah lost to Detroit. Kings lost to Charlotte. And Denver lost on, at home as well. I forget who they lost to. But nonetheless, that means you don't gain any ground on those teams, but you also don't lose any ground. And the fact that the Kings now rolling here on Thursday is a big chance for the Pelicans to gain some ground. They also play tonight against Portland. That's another team that's in front of the Pelicans, so the Pelicans will gain at least a half a game on one of them, and then you can gain a full game on the Kings if you win on Thursday. So I know everyone wanted the Pelicans to win all seven. Yeah, it was a it was a nice dream, but still, you can go 6-1 and one on this homestand, and you're definitely back 
in the Western Conference playoff race. So we'll see how these next couple of days are as far as injury-wise. Tyreek said after the game he was going to have an MRI today. Anthony Davis, we'll see how he feels as far as his concussion. They don't practice today, so we won't know anything until tomorrow. So we'll talk to Jim about all that stuff going on. Also, we'll talk with John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. He is in Mobile, Alabama, covering the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl, for the next couple of days. They're practicing today. They'll hope to hear from General Manager Mickey Loomis this afternoon, maybe a couple front office guys, plus some players, local guys from LSU, and much more. So we'll hear from J.D. previewing the Senior Bowl today here on the Black and Blue Report. So a good show for you today. Jim Eichenhofer, John DeShazer, then we'll wrap things up here from Studio B. Coming up next, Mr. Eichenhofer talks Pelicans. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday, January 30th at 6 when the Brooklyn Nets come to town. It's the year of the Mardi Gras uniform where the first 3,000 kids 13 and under receive a free Pelicans drawstring bag courtesy of Rouse's and gluten-free Cheerios. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 4.30 with live music, inflatable games for the kids, and more. Tickets start as low as $21. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminex. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminix entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. All right, time to talk more Pelicans on this Tuesday. Fresh off his appearance on the postgame show here with me on Pelicans OT. I welcome in Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Jim, good morning. How much fame have you gotten from your appearance on Pelicans OT? I'm sure just the, the marketing agencies and the ad agencies and just your agent you're just probably blowing blowing up right now. I I, I assume, correct? Oh, it, it's it's unbelievable, man. I I mean, you you would not believe different requests I've gotten from from other shows, and I mean, it's been it's been pretty nonstop. I mean, I feel like my ego is has already was already really big, but it's getting completely un, out of control these days with how much the appearances on the post game show have really boosted my uh, Q rating around these parts. I'm glad you admitted that you have a big ego, too, because I wasn't going to say anything, but as long as you brought it up, then yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> but it's also, you got to tell your groupies to stop staring into the radio broadcast on the post-game show just to look at you. It's kind of creeping me out um, a little bit. Those are actually there for you, so I, I you know, I, you're going to be the one that has to step in there. Nope, that's why I'm on radio, Jim. You know they're not there for me. So Let's talk some basketball. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll point out to them that you are a married man, though. So maybe that'll maybe that'll make a difference. But yeah, let's let's go back to talking basketball. Go Abs- ahead. 
Absolutely. Tough one last night for the Pelicans. As I mentioned in our first segment, they fell to the Rockets 112 to 111-3-1 on the homestand so far, which hasn't been bad. Um, you wanted to take advantage of this homestand, and with AD out for a half, we'll get to that in a second. But, Jim, let's talk about the homestand in general. General, uh, three wins straight, 114-99, 115-99, 116-99. That trend did not continue last night. But I think, uh, for the most part, the Pelicans have played pretty well in this homestand, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's probably been the best stretch of the season. Going into last night, it was five wins out of six games, and the loss was by two points. Then you have now you have a loss last night by one point. So, I mean, going back even a few weeks, I feel like they've either won or they've lost in very competitive fashion. So, I mean, there's no doubt it's been a huge difference the last couple of weeks compared to um, earlier earlier in the season. Tony Douglas said it best a couple games ago after the game that they're starting to play together more. They're starting to trust each other. The communication's better. Alvin Gentry said they're starting to accept their roles a little better. Um, are you seeing that on the court in these last four games, even in the loss last night? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you can look at, if you want to look at specifically the offensive production, I mean, they had 114, 115, 116 points in three straight games. Last night they lost, but they had 111. So, I mean, the offensive play has been so much better. And even last night there were some stretches where the defense wasn't great, but, I mean, that's been a lot better lately as well. So, I mean, I think on both ends of the floor. And also some of the intangibles, just from the eye test, you can see that they're playing harder. And I feel like the effort has been consistently there for, for quite a nice stretch now. How about the play of Tony Douglas, speaking of him, 18 points last night. He had 14 in the win against Milwaukee, so 16 points per game in his last two. Six of eight shooting last night and three of four from downtown. Here's someone who can potentially not play in 10 straight games and then come out in two games and be professional and play well. He's been a, a huge spark off the bench with the absence of Eric Gordon. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great story. Uh, he, he's the kind of guy that you root for. I mean, he's bounced around the NBA. He's been on a bunch of different teams. He was you know, kind of out of the league. Anyone could have signed him earlier this season when the Pelicans picked him up. So, I mean, for him to to be on the bench and not play for a while, but be able to step in and do the stuff that he's done, especially in his last couple games, has been really impressive and I think a testament to the kind of pro he is where he always stays ready, even though he probably going into this week, it would have been human nature for anyone to think, you know, I'm probably just going to sit on the bench and keep getting DMPs when he did get a chance to play. He's played, you know, two of his best games since he's been here with the Pelicans. We're talking with Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. I want to zero in on last night's game real quick. Uh, for the Rockets, 19-39 from beyond the arc. Uh, the Pelicans, I thought a key for them was free throw shooting 14-25 of 25 to you. Um, what was the biggest thing that stuck out to you in the loss as far as what might have happened to kind of turn the game into the Rockets' favor? Yeah, I think Elvin Gentry and the players both pinpointed free throw shooting. The thing that was so weird about it was the Pelicans were going into yesterday were second in the NBA in free throw percentage, and that turned out to be maybe the area that they were the weakest in during the game against the Rockets. The Rockets are one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the league. They have multiple guys who have been subject to the hack-up strategy, such as you know Dwight Howard and Clint Capella and guys like that, Josh Smith. But they actually had a really good uh, game at the free throw line. So it was just one of those weird things that 
you know, probably wouldn't happen again if they played each other 10, 15 times where the Rockets had a big advantage in terms of they made most of their free throws and the Pelicans missed most of theirs. I want to talk about the end of the game. The Pelicans were out of timeouts, held the the Rockets to a shot clock violation, gave the Pelicans four seconds left um, without a timeout, so they kind of had to just throw up something. Um, was there mm-hmm. anything you would have liked to see differently in those last 30 seconds or that the Pelicans uh, do what only they could have done without any timeouts in those last 30 seconds? It's hard because some people say whether you foul someone and you know set up a play or you just kind of let it go like they did, um, anything you noticed from those 30 seconds maybe you would have done differently or would you have done it the exact same way the Pelicans did? I mean, the way that the last minute played out, it seemed like they had to use their timeouts in the different situations that came up. Obviously, it would have been great if they would have been able to keep one of those timeouts for that last situation. Um, a few people after the game, you know, mostly basically on Twitter, asked about that situation where there's a four-second differential. And to me, the thing that's interesting about it was I know you, you can you, you can say either way of what the right decision to make was. I think it's debatable. I think four seconds to me is kind of like the gray area. If if there's less than that, I think you call because it's too risky that you're going to get the ball back with like say two or three seconds. But I think if there's more than four seconds, like say there's you know six, seven seconds left, I think you without question you you let it play out. You play defense and you hope you can get the ball back with enough time. So it was kind of I think kind of a little bit of a of a murky you know area as far as four seconds left. Um, when you don't have a timeout left, I think that does that might affect your decision making a little bit. But but again, it's it's also one of those things where it's like in hindsight you always know the right thing to do. I mean, Drew Holiday didn't get off a very good shot at the buzzer. If he had gotten off a good shot, a good look there, you know, before the buzzer, or obviously if he had made it, then you would say like, oh, I'm glad we didn't foul because then we would have given the Rockets a you know maybe a two or three point lead with you know however much time left but um but yeah I, I it is one of those things where I could see both sides of the argument and I'm sure that there's coaches that have different philosophies about that situation and even I wouldn't be surprised if in, in other cases previously that with that same exact scenario that Alvin Gentry has fouled but in that situation last night he decided not to and unfortunately when the Pelicans got the ball back um the inbound pass to Drew I thought that pass needed to be thrown with to a player that was moving forward towards the basket, he kind of got got jammed up a little bit and had to use a couple dribbles just to get um, to create some open space for himself, and that was really a, a killer in terms of being able to get a clean look off in that situation. Yeah, that's a fair point. Good way of looking at it, Jim. A um, couple injuries last night of note. Of course, Anthony Davis um, failed the concussion protocol during the game and obviously was out for the second half. Uh, Tyreek Evans, who some people thought maybe it was because of his poor play, two of six shooting in 16 minutes, that maybe it was just Alvin Gentry kind of benching him. But after the game, you spoke to Tyreek and the rest of the media, and he said that he's going to get an MRI um, today. They're not practicing, but how can those two injuries, we're not sure about their status for Thursday, but those can play a big part in um, these next couple of games if they're not able to play. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, this has happened too many times already, and it's just been bad luck. I feel like with with AD, it, if there's a lightning storm and we're walking through a field with him, remind me to stay as far away from him as I can because it seems like he just has the worst luck. Um, I mean, this is the second time that he's had a concussion because he was elbowed by one of his own teammates in, during his career. So 
I mean, just just one of those freak things that happens. Um, Tyreek, as people know, he's been dealing with the knee um, issues for the last couple of weeks. Missed a game earlier against Dallas. But um, to your point, if I mean, if those guys can't play, it's a huge domino effect, and you're gonna as much as we've had seen people like Tony Douglas and a few other guys see their minutes go way up, um, including Norris Cole with other guys injured, such as Eric Gordon. I mean, you're going to see it even even uh, happen in an even bigger way, especially the front court. If AD can't play, you're going to see more of Dante Cunningham and and um, guys like that. So, I mean, hopefully there's a, a little bit more time between games since they don't play until Thursday this time. But hopefully by the time uh, Thursday comes around, both of those guys, or at least one of those guys, will be available to play against Sacramento because it's a pretty important game given the – race right now yeah very important game in sacramento last night uh fortunately lost to charlotte i believe it was double overtime but jim demarcus cousins 56 points last night rajon rondo 20 assists i believe that's only the third duo to put up those type of numbers and especially if there's no <laughs> ad one ashik and jinsa play a big role but this is a really 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 big game for the pelicans i would say on thursday night especially when you're only four games out of the playoff race and with still two more games to go against Sacramento, tiebreaker could come into play just like it did last year against the Thunder. Yeah, Sacramento plays um, at Portland tonight. So, I mean, it's it's not like if the Pelicans win, it's as simple as they win and they cut it three games necessarily. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Sacramento's going to have to fly across the country. They have a day in between. But still, that's a long trip. So hopefully you can take advantage of that. But as far as Cousins goes, I mean – the one thing I look at a little bit with him, obviously you, you don't want him to score 56 points against you or even get 40 or whatever, some of the big numbers that he's gotten. But they've beaten the Kings when Cousins has had some huge games. So hopefully, you know, if he does, if you are in a situation where he goes off for big numbers, you still are in a position to be able to win the game. I know it's a little different because I think Sacramento, this is the best team Sacramento's fielded in a long time. There's no doubt about that with some of the additions that they've made and the depth that they, they finally have. I feel like they were the worst team in the NBA or one of the worst from players like six through eight or nine over the last few years. And But with guys like Costa Kufus and Marco Bellinelli and so on, they uh, they finally have some legitimate depth. But um, but it's it's definitely a, a huge game because of what you mentioned. And, um, you know, hopefully they can somewhat keep Cousins in check. But if not, I, I don't think necessarily that's the – that's that's a guaranteed loss. I feel like you know the the way they've played. You know, hopefully they can get so, again get a bunch of guys to step up and 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 uh, contribute a, a, a lot so that they can be in position to win. Yeah, you brought up a good point. You know, when they beat the Kings on the road on the third game of their trip, it was uh I believe it was off a back to back, and Cousins had a good game as well. Yeah. So not necessarily you know like you mentioned, even if AD is out, you know obviously that's a big part of it. But um, still can happen. I mean, Pelicans were without Evans for most of the game last night in AD for half a game, and you only lose the Rockets by one, and we're in it till the final frame. So we'll keep an eye out for you the next couple of days. I know the team is off today, so no reports from you, but we'll look out for you tomorrow and on Thursday leading up to Pelicans-Kings. That's Jim Eichenhofer here on the Black and Blue Report. Jim, as always, enjoy our talks here on Tuesdays. Thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot, Daniel. Always uh, a pleasure to uh, discuss basketball with you either on the Black and Blue Report or in the famous post-game Pelicans OT show.
We're going to have to get you a king's chair for uh, the Pelican's OT visits, just so you can uh, feel like a king in there. How about that? Uh, that sounds great. Okay. I, uh, I feel like that's fitting right now. <laughs> Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com here with us on the Black and Blue Report. We'll uh, talk Senior Bowl with John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com next. We'll be right back. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. Manilo, one last time, all the hits, all the joy, all the memories. Don't miss Barry Manilo at Smoothie King Center, Friday, January 29th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com and the Smoothie King Center box office. All the hits, Manilo, one last time. For more info, see Manilo.com. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. The Senior Bowl is happening this weekend in Mobile, Alabama. And, of course, our NewOrleansSaints.com team is there to cover it for the next couple of days, which brings me to our very own John DeShazer, who joins me now via the telephone from his penthouse suite there in Alabama. Good morning, J.D. I've got the whole floor here, so um, I'm, I reserved it. They know I'm coming every year, so they reserved it for me, all the fruits and meats and cheeses that I can possibly want. In Reese's Candy Bars, correct? <laughs> yeah, in Reese's <laughs> Candy Bars, which is more important to me than the fruits. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who needs fruit when you have Reese's, especially uh, right now? So, all right, J.D., um, for those who don't know too much about the Senior Bowl, how would you describe it to the casual football fan? Well, it's exactly that, a, a bowl game for senior uh, college players, really a showcase for them, and it's one good opportunity for a lot of these guys to show what they have to NFL scouts. Um, you know, everybody is on the radar, obviously. It's an invitation-only event, so, you know, there's a select few, but some of these guys are small school players, and they get a chance to show what they can do against big school players, and it's a very, very serious bowl game for, for, most, for all of these guys, really. You don't see these guys out here kind of dragging around laughing and giggling. They're actually going after it because it's a chance to make a good impression. How much could this week help or hurt your draft stock compared to maybe the combine? Well, I think it helps immensely, actually, because you know these guys practice against one another, and, and those are opportunities to see what uh, an offensive tackle can do against a top-flight defensive end whether, rather than a guy who plays for the number eight or number nine team in his conference. And so, you know, the combine is nice for, you know, seeing how guys, you know, look physically and seeing how they do in certain drills. But the Senior Bowl is an actual game. It's an actual, you know, a test under fire, more so than, than, than the combine. The combine is just a chance to kind of poke guys and look at them and interview them. They get a chance to interview them here, too, but not as extensively as the combine. But more than that, they get a chance to see them actually in competition. Now, it's not going to replace the competition of, you know, 13, 14, 15 games of college football their senior season. But it is a good chance to see, you know, what they've been doing for a month, how they've held up physically, uh, whether or not they still retain their skills, whether or not they improved a little bit, especially for guys who might be moving positions and that kind of thing. I'm glad you brought up the interviewing because I kind of wanted to ask about that as far as comparing it to the combine where you get one-on-ones with certain players. Is it kind of like that this week? Is it 
do you get the chance to speak to players one-on-one? -on -one? Is it more just you maybe casually talk to a guy on the sidelines during a practice? How does that work uh, this week? No, there'll be some one-on-ones, but I think the one-on-ones at the Combine are a little bit more extensive than here at the Senior Bowl. Um, the Senior Bowl really is a lot about actual work because these guys are, are, are being coached to play a game. Uh, so they have to learn some plays and they have to, you know, learn some blocking schemes and some and some defensive schemes and some rush schemes and you know those kinds of things. So, you know, this is actually about playing the game. So they, but there will be some interviews, some individual interviews, and that's good for the players too. They'll get more extensive interviews done at the combine. Uh, but a lot of times, this is a good chance for these guys to showcase because you have to remember also at the combine, that's when the underclassmen who declared can also be there. So the crowd is a lot more flooded than it is here in terms of getting individual attention. Uh, you go there and that junior quarterback or that junior rush defensive end or that junior cornerback who's projected to be in the top ten, he's going to siphon away a lot of attention and a lot of interviews, whereas here at the Senior Bowl, you know, there's a limited amount of guys. I think it's about I think it's about 90, 100. I can't remember exactly the number. But those guys get an opportunity to get all the attention and get all the play and do all the interviews. So, you know, when you go to the Combine, you won't have to interview as much or as extensively as those others who come in for the first time that they're getting a chance to talk to. And so it's good to make a nice first impression right here in Mobile. We're talking with John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, covering the Senior Bowl for the next couple of days for NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app. J.D., what local guys from Louisiana and then what guys in general should Saints fans uh, or any fan in general look out for this week? Well, the, the local guys, the LSU guys that people will probably take note of are uh, offensive tackle Vidal Alexander, uh, there's inside linebacker Deion Jones, and, and defensive back Jalen Mills, uh, who primarily played a little cornerback at LSU. So, you know, Louisiana fans should recognize those guys. There's also a couple of guys from Louisiana Tech, uh, defensive tackle Vernon Butler, and running back Kenneth Dixon. And I think Kenneth Dixon put up a ton load of yards and touchdowns in his career. So he's probably a guy who's worth watching a guy who might have flown under the radar of a lot of national people, but to earn an invitation here to the Senior Bowl means he's done something correct coming from a school like Louisiana Tech. Also from southeastern Louisiana, there's a cornerback, Harlan Miller. And unless uh, we forget, you know, southeastern Louisiana has produced some NFL players who are also Robert Alford, the cornerback, uh, came here to the Senior Bowl, and he was one of those guys who, uh, who, who kind of raised the radar at the NFL. And uh, some guys who are going to be recognizable, obviously, are, uh, from uh, national champion Alabama, the quarterback Jake Coker, um, from Mississippi State, the quarterback Dak Prescott, everybody knows him, and uh, the wide receiver from Ohio State, Braxton Miller, who played quarterback his first couple of years at Ohio State, and then uh, had an injury uh, and ended up having to move to wide receiver. So we're going to see how that takes for him. This is another chance for him to get a little bit more wide receiver, get some repetition, get to play against some elite type cornerbacks in college, and show us if he can hold up. Those are some big names, that's for sure, and also nice to see the Lions represented again at the Senior Bowl. J.D., as far as the Saints are concerned, what positions do you feel like they will focus on this week when it comes to scouting for the NFL draft? Well, it's tough to say. I mean, we know they had you know, defensive troubles, and, and especially in the secondary. So, obviously, I would imagine they will be looking at some cornerbacks, maybe some linebackers, and certainly some rush defensive ends because you can't have enough guys who can get after the quarterback. But a lot of what the Saints end up picking depends on what they will have in free agency. You know, we every year we go into free agency with the Saints and, and say, oh, man, they don't have a lot of money to spend. And somehow or another, they manage to shift things around and pick up somebody who's pretty valuable to what they want to do. So, you know, it depends on what they do in free agency. But I would imagine, you know, going back to front on defense, uh, I, I think they need some help in the secondary. I think they were, admittedly, I mean, you know, I think they were 
you know, last in the league or next to last in yards allowed per game, next to last in, in the league in yards allowed, excuse me, last in the league in yards allowed per, like, per game and next to last in points allowed per game. So they'll be looking for some defensive help, I, I would imagine, primarily because you still have the number one offense in the league in terms of yards per game and, and an offense that's able to, to produce pretty well. So I, I'm not going to say they're set offensively. Obviously, uh, you know, getting a little bit long in the tooth at a couple of positions on the offensive line, uh, namely, I guess, right guard Jari Evans and right tackle Zach Street. They, you know, drafted Zach Street's heir apparent, uh, Andrews Pete, last year. Maybe they'll go after an heir apparent for Jari Evans at some point this year at right guard, uh, or maybe they, all, maybe they already feel like they have him on the roster. But, you know, I believe they will go defense first and before they look at the offense. And I believe the secondary might be the place that they'll go because Delvin Bro seems to be really the only you know, quote-unquote known commodity right now coming out of last year. Uh, and Kenny Vaccaro at safety, obviously, too. I, I don't want to overlook Kenny. Uh, Jarris Bird was finally healthy at safety. Uh, but the the best defensive back, you know, was Delvin Burrow, I believe, uh, by leaps and bounds. Now, if Kenny Lewis comes back at the other cornerback healthy, then that might mitigate the need to go after a cornerback. And also, Damian Swan might come back. He had three concussions last year. We don't know exactly what his physical condition will be. But if he's able to come back, you know, you probably you'll have a decent amount of depth at cornerback, and that doesn't mean they won't go after a defensive back because obviously in the NFL and in their particular division, you can't have too many good cornerbacks. But I would think that that's where they will begin. But at least if you have those guys healthy and able to go, that will help your cause greatly. All right, JD, what should we look out for in the next couple of days on the mobile app and NewOrleansSaints.com? I don't think you all will be there up until the game, but for the next couple of days when there are coaches and Saints uh, officials there, what can we look out for? Well, we'll try to get some interviews done with some of those players mentioned, especially the LSU guys. And then we're also uh, scheduled to hopefully speak to Saints general manager uh, Mickey Loomis today at some point. Uh, it's probably going to be in the afternoon. There are a couple of practices in the afternoon. They usually go in the afternoon, so... Hopefully we'll get an opportunity to talk to uh, Saints General Manager Mickey Loomis and maybe, maybe Jeff Ireland, who who, who oversees uh, the Saints uh, um, uh, College Scouting. So hopefully we'll get a chance to speak to one or both of those fellows and have those, uh, have those stories and videos online as well as the LSU players and a couple of other assorted guys. All right, we'll look out for those on the uh, mobile app and the website and also here on the Black and Blue Report this week. That's John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, covering the Reese's Senior Bowl. And now I want some candy. And, J.D., that will be your task when you come back is to bring a bunch of Reese's for us and hurry back so you can call some Pel- a Pelicans win on Thursday, my friend. Well, I need to. Need to uh, seeing that game last night, watching it on TV, and uh, and they set up a nice little fight. Um, obviously, some things that happened with Anthony Davis going out with a concussion, that doesn't help you at all. Uh, but, you know, got to love what we saw out of Drew Holiday in that game, the way he was able to take over and not having that timeout at the end. We, we heard, you know, Coach Alvin Gentry say how much it hurt, and obviously it hurt to not be able to draw off the play that they wanted and get the look that they wanted at the end of the game. But And Houston's a pretty good team. Houston's been coming on lately, but, you know, that's one of those games where we were hoping the Pels would win and and, and, and put that one in the bank and and, uh, and be able to get off to a 4-0 home stand as opposed to 3-1 and and now hopefully finishing out 6-1, and but we know Memphis is on that schedule too and Sacramento's coming along, so... It, it, it won't get any easier. No, it won't. That's John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. J.D., safe travels back, and enjoy the next couple of days at the Senior Bowl. We'll talk to you in the next couple of days. Will do. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. 
That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face -face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday, January 30th at 6 when the Brooklyn Nets come to town. It's the year of the Mardi Gras uniform where the first 3,000 kids 13 and under receive a free Pelicans drawstring bag courtesy of Rouse's and gluten-free Cheerios. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 4.30 with live music, inflatable games for the kids, and more. Tickets start as low as $21. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. Alrighty, time to wrap things up here from Studio B. Big thanks to Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com and also John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. Coming up on tomorrow's show, Sean Kelly will be back in the hosting chair. We'll hear from David Wesley. As it is a Wesley Wednesday, Pelicans television analyst will join us and also... We'll have uh, Mike Golick Jr. from ESPN Radio. He has a new show on ESPN Radio, just like his dad. He's also a former Saint, spent a couple training camps with New Orleans. So uh, we'll talk with Mike Golick Jr. about that. Plus, we'll get his take on the Super Bowl. So we'll start our Super Bowl preview a week and a half long tomorrow. And so we'll have plenty of talk about here or coming up tomorrow on this Wednesday. No practice day for the Pelicans, but be sure to... Check pelicans.com for a recap of last night's game and also be on the lookout on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app as you could potentially hear from uh, Mickey Loomis, general manager of the Saints, and maybe Jeff Ireland later on today and also any senior bowl coverage from John DeShazer and the digital media guys. So hope you all have a great rest of your Tuesday. It's a little warm outside. I like it. I don't like the cold. I hope you enjoy your day. And until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Sallers, and thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. This is the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report. <laughs>